Entrepreneurs, Golden Hour, Episode 2. Been looking forward to this one. Got a one-of-a-kind guest. Actually, technically, we're your guest because we're in the lab. <laughs> we got Kyle Anjay, DJ Kanga. What up, my man? Nice yeah. to see you. Good to see you, too, man. How Thanks you for coming. Yeah, how you been? Good, man, good. Busy. I've been doing a lot of gigs, got the fam and work, you know, and trying to juggle it all, but uh, yeah. seem to make, be making it work. Nice. You said you had a couple gigs last weekend? Yeah, I did uh, the VT Crag Fest um, last weekend was a big one on Saturday. It's a climbing competition and a festival that's out at Cochran's. Um, and then just uh, this past weekend, I did uh, Charlie Main's album release party. Uh, peppermint tea i'll plug that real quick nice. for him yeah and, shout uh, out to charlie main yeah yeah he's a good guy man and uh and then yeah i was at monkey house too you know so i'm just bopping around trying to help people get their shows done dj and trying to do some of my own shows you know and stuff so yeah um but yeah man things are good sweet how was uh how was it being back at monkey ever because you know we don't do the third thursday anymore yeah. so well of... i have to say i saw i saw taylor the bartender and it was good to see him there that night and told him, you know, we miss, you know, going there and doing that and everything. And um, it was kind of a different crowd, I guess, than like the what we had at, at Third Thursdays. That was it was a younger crowd, I guess you could say, which was good to see. You yeah, know, bring a lot in of, some new heads. A lot of fresh faces that I hadn't seen before. Uh, they got to learn to bring flash drives, though, because yeah. you know, I'm not going to play their stuff off of a laptop or like an iPod. Yeah, know? so it was a little disorganized. Or? No, no, it was oh. organized. It was just, you know, like uh, if you expect a DJ to DJ your shit for you, you know, you got to be able to bring him something that he can work with. Yeah, come prepared. Yeah, kind of thing. So, well, you know, sometimes we got to school these young bucks. They'll yeah. learn. Yeah. They'll learn. Yeah, no doubt. Well, shit, man, this has been a long time coming. I was trying to think on the way over here. Like, we've known each other probably since, like, 06 or something. Long time. Like, since, like, riding high. Yep. It was like you were working at the skate shop. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in passing, too, just through the skate scene back in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, back before I, I blew an ACL and stopped messing with street skates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. And Kyle Burroughs and... and uh, Jeez, all that whole Symptoms Collective crew. I, I mean, I was at your uh, your video releases all the time yep. back in the day, man. Yep. Um, yep. And then, like, with uh, chilling with Zach, ZJ, there yeah. in that back little spot, you know, and that was one day I think I was up practicing and came outside for a skate, and that's when ZJ and I think we all kind of were like, oh, yo, like, realize that we all do the same stuff. Yeah, know? totally. So. Yeah, I remember, like, the riding high days. We used to take the cool bus with Big yes. John, and we'd ride down, like, you know, everyone just smoking blunts and riding yep. down yep. to... Um, we went to like Warren for one one little event yep. there. I remember that, yeah. And you guys, and we owned the place because we brought all the the like best skaters from Burlington. <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. Oh, I just remember we pulled up in the cool bus, and this is obviously before weed was like legit, and there was just like stadies there, and we get out and it's just like porn i think they were just like yeah, it was i think i remember it was because john had the camera go and it was like everybody that got off the bus there was a, a blunt or a j going and like ripped it yeah. as they got off the bus it's funny how times change like 
these days. Trying yeah. to give me my own blunt and yeah. not have anything to do for about two weeks. Exactly. Yeah, man. But no, those dude, that was great times. I miss riding the bus. You guys would haul ass downhill on short skates. Yeah. And like, I don't know, I, I can ride a longboard fine, but you put me on a short skate going that fast, I don't know if I could hang on. And the, the slides, just Dude, yeah, I remember that shit. Yeah, those are, those are cool times. So, we're up in your lab here. It's a pretty sweet spot. Got all the all the cool little figurines yeah, yeah, and there's everything. A, there's a few. There's yep. definitely a few. <laughs> nice. So you uh, you were just telling me kind of off camera that you guys bought this place a little while back, yep. and now uh, you've sort of transformed this into your your home studio there. Yeah, yeah. There, you know, there needed to be a place where I could come and create, you know, and and have a, a place of zen. Kind of. Um, I tried the turntables out in the living room for a bit, almost so I could try and get my son to interact with them more. Mm-hmm. And it really just became he wanted to just pull me away from the turntables whenever I spent time with him. Yeah. Um, so it became something where I was like, all right, I guess I have to put them in a space where I can go and lock myself away and, you know, and be in that zone, that creative zone. To, yeah. to, Sometimes you know. just having you know the place that is that will make you create more right exactly yeah sometimes it's funny you know like uh being a family man you don't have like a lot of free time uh you're always like you know the wife's got something for me to do the kid's got his expectations you know there's work there's other people friends Mm -hmm. calling you know everything um and so sometimes when you actually find that time where nobody's doing any of that you and it's just you and your time and i come back here and it's like, what do I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? I have like, it's now, foreign to me. right? Like I, I have downtime. Like what? And so sometimes I just boot the shit up. You know what I mean? Like I just, I'll turn the whole turntables on. I'll turn the mixer on. I'll maybe like put on like a cartoon, like Samurai Shampoo or like some old, you know, family guy or King of the Hill, some bullshit, wherever my mind's at, you know, or maybe even like a quick video game or something. Um, you know, step out on the porch for a minute, whatever, come back in, and then it's like, all right, like, here we, you know, here we go. Get like, inspired. You know, yeah, there's like, well, just like, get in that zone of like, this is my time. This is, nobody else is here. There's nobody that's going to expect me to do something or ask me, you know, bother me. Facts. Kind of thing. And that's like, I don't know, it's weird because you used to, you know, you used to be so bored of that. You'd be calling your friends, right? You'd be reaching out. You'd be looking for stuff to oh, do. Oh, no, I you know? dream of that now. now <laughs> yeah, I, now. I, I, I dream of that. Now Times it's like, where there's nothing to do, it's, that sounds incredible. Yeah. I, don't even, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, and, and it's <laughs> you come up with really cool things, you know, and I, like, reinvested in this new equipment last year, um, and it was really the first time that I've made the full jump to full, you know, digital kind of setups. Okay. Uh, I'm yeah, still, what are you rocking with? Well, I have, uh, I'm still rocking turntables. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have Pioneer PLX 1000s, and they're uh, just a direct drive turntable, and I rock Serato um, control vinyls. And then I have uh, a Pioneer S11 SE is the name of the mixer. Okay. Um, and basically that was like... Pioneers or is I guess still Pioneers like flagship. It's got all the bells and whistles, like okay. everything you can do. And so I went from having a full analog mixer that did didn't even integrate with Serato oh. to now having a unit like a, a mixer that I could I don't even need turntables. You know, there's people that DJ and perform entire shows on this oh, thing shit. just on the mixer alone. Okay, so what, it has like CDJ type thing? Or um, it's, yeah, it can play things internally and it's got multiple decks on the internal side of it and it can Crazy. it can sample and sequence and it can loop and, and yeah, and echoes and fades and low, you know, low pass, high pass filter, you know, you name it. That's crazy. It so nowadays it. you can literally just carry that one piece of equipment and go do a gig. I, if I wanted to, but I hate yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, I usually bring just 
there's one turntable. You know what I mean? Because I got to be able to manipulate, and it's easier for me to like get things in time, and you know, you can adjust, and you know, there's lots of stuff you can do using the turntable as a controller, basically. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's go back a little bit. So how long have you been DJing? Uh, Twenty years this year, actually. Right, I think it is. Thanks, man. And uh, what initially like got you into wanting to? Huh. Uh, you know what? I don't. I played drums for a while. Um, I was a percussionist, and uh, something about I heard scratching. Not really in hip hop or in rap, but actually in like funk um, and like jazzy kind of stuff. There was okay. a specific band uh, called Liquid Soul. I doubt they're around anymore. And they had an album called Make Some Noise, I think, and uh, it was a. Uh, four or five piece like acid funk jazz band out of Chicago and they featured a DJ and the DJ scratched you know sounds and the hooks and had solos and shit just like the saxophones just like the guitar Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it was like holy shit he's like an integral part of the band you know what I mean yeah it was just like an instrument um and so that's like honestly what sparked it and then from there it was finding other djs Mm -hmm. and so that's actually what got me into hip-hop because that's where the good scratch djs were yeah so it wasn't really so much the hip-hop music i love hip-hop you know what i mean and it's inspired me heavily in everything that i do but the way that i got into it was really through scratching yeah it's funny how those different avenues will like get people into stuff yeah 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 back in the day it's all intertwined yeah i just wasn't exposed to much hip-hop you know you listen to when you're 13, 14 years old, you're listening to a lot of like your parents' music, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or what they're exposing you to. Yeah. Um, and so it just wasn't there, really. But that, you know, that was the catalyst. Um, and definitely, I guess it was a good catalyst, because I would have rather had it been somebody who's a, a instrumentalist than somebody who's just like DJing playing, like DJ Clue, yeah. for instance. You know, back in that day, I remember everybody was listening to his mixtapes, and I'd be like, yo, he's just yelling over the like transitions and stuff, so you can't hear him Well, it's funny right. to think, like, if, if people, if that that's their first, you know, if that's how they get introduced to it. And they're like, oh, that's what it is. You know, it's just funny to think about the different, you know, how your influences can take you in one direction or another, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, 20, yeah, that was 20 odd years ago. I saved up uh, mowing lawns all summer, one summer. I was like 14 or 15 years old there. Sick. And uh, 20, 20 bucks a lawn at a time, you know. And saved up whatever the six seven hundred dollars it was to buy one of those like Gemini all in one kits. Oh yeah, and came with two shitty direct drive turntables. Oh yeah, I had one of them. Shitty little mixers yeah. and stuff. I feel like a lot of people get that before you step up to the techs or yeah. You know. <laughs> and everybody told me I knew people in the scene back in the day. Um, a homie Mike Chaffee, if you yep. ever watches yep. this, uh, played basketball at Rice, yep. real good. I remember um, Mike? Yeah, and he DJed too. Did all the dances at Rice, and I would see him do it. That was like another thing that kind of sparked interest. Um, and he had techs and a mixer and the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And he told me back in the day, he's like, don't bother with the Gemini crap. He's like, you're going to just get rid of it. Yeah. And I should have listened to him all this <laughs> yeah. time because that was like the first of, I think, three or four setups. Sometimes you, know? you got to do it to learn. Yeah, yeah. You know, you end up say it's more investment in the in the beginning because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, nice turntables are anywhere from seven, eight hundred to a thousand dollars a piece. Uh, yeah. And then you, you know, grab your mixer. And, and then a mixer can be anywhere from three hundred to two thousand, yeah. you know, so. Oh, no. uh, and then uh, so at. So let's go a little bit forward. So at a certain point, um, you became involved with the lab. Yep. When ZJ and oh yeah, when they had the lab. So did you start out there initially as like a student, or were you an instructor right away, or how'd that all work out? I actually stopped in. I saw the. Uh, this is like back in old school Kyle days when I was a little bit younger. Yeah. And I saw an ad in the paper that was for the lab, and I don't know if I knew Zach that well. I might have known him in passing, seen his name on flyers and stuff, and mm-hmm. um. I didn't know Derek at all, but I was like, who are these chumps teaching DJ? You know, yeah. like, 
And uh, so I went down there to be like, you know, I'm going to show them what's up, you know, and what I can do. And uh, I guess I when I went in there, I ended up showing kids how to do shit. You know what I mean? Because I was, you know, a little pretty prolific already in, in scratching and stuff. And they asked me stuff. And so I told them, you know, what was that cut? How did you do that? You know, what was that pattern? You know, all those kind of things. Yeah. And I just told them because I'm not going to be that big of a dick. Now, and, where are you learning these techniques from at this point? At this point, it was mostly experimentation and in practice. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're not watching like Qbert videos at, or like Scratch Pickles. At or that like... time, there was like one Qbert video called the DIY yep. video. Yep. Um, and there might have been like a couple of websites and stuff, but there was definitely no YouTube tutorials you know oh, what yeah, i mean there was this was definitely like probably right around when youtube was getting off but not everything was on right. youtube yeah you know? no yeah youtube it wasn't I, like nowadays where you can be like oh my carburetor's broken right Let me type that in and figure it out i like, think they had like uh songs were just becoming a thing on youtube yeah. you know what i mean like not even a music video but just you know like yeah an see for me and... around that time i was those dvds were coming out yep and it was like the early early ages of them and um i remember i got um a babu yep. it was like can't remember the name of it, but uh, a babu, and uh, I eventually donated that to the lab. But yeah, I yeah. mean, there wasn't a ton of resources to to come up that way, other than just meeting other DJs. Yeah. And, like, oh yeah, way very, back in the grassroots. Way know? back in the day, it was like just like searches, internet searches. You know, yeah, we're going and, to a show or, or to or a show to a battle. Or, yeah. yeah, here we did. Well, you know, and God rest his soul, it was it was Adam. Yeah, Wizzle. It yeah. was it was Adam. Um, you know, and so I'd go watch him. Yeah. You know, and I'd watch him DJ and and how he did things and you know scratched and was a part of like bands and shit. You know and all that kind of stuff. And he was a huge, huge inspiration and mentor to, you know, not only the way I DJ, but like the way I want to try and conduct myself, yeah. you know. I think uh, most people can say that. So. Yeah, yeah, people <laughs> that knew him, you know, yeah. exactly. I, uh, he left a pretty big imprint on all of us. So. Oh, absolutely. And, and still, to this day, yeah. you know, it was, it was cool. Uh, you know, we just had A-Dog Day number nine, which was a good time. It was and, awesome, man. I spun for five or six hours that day. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. It was funny because initially I was asked to play and then never heard back, and then it was like, 15 minutes before yeah you were upstairs and humble's like yeah you ready we're gonna go on like 15 minutes upstairs i was like what i'm playing tonight <laughs> yeah yeah that's cool you know that's some hip-hop right there just yeah. step up yeah did a little impromptu set with you so that was fun yeah thanks for having us up there dude anytime man. All, all freestyle and it was funny because like the way jeff and i will freestyle you know we'll We'll make up little hooks as we go, and mm -hmm. like people don't think we're freestyling. I mean, no, nah. you know. I mean, yeah, Humble <laughs> is amazing, you know, he's awesome. We've actually been doing some stuff together recently, um, kind of on the down low, but uh, basically, whenever we get together at a set, I have some beats picked out that I know he's gonna dig that are ones that I haven't played for him that are new, you Absolutely. know, something so that, it, that it's gonna spark his mind, mm -hmm. and um, and then we just go. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was Brett North, actually, I believe it was, was at one of the shows down there at uh, the Bent Nail Bistro, they call it now. It used to be Sweet Melissa's. Huh. And was saying, I gave him a ride, and he was saying on the way back, like, oh, man, Humble's so dope, you know, and he, I can't believe, like, you know, he came up with, a, you know, that hook and all that other stuff and whatever. I was like, I know, it was all freestyle. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what? And he's like, you know, you were in, and I was in on it, you know, like, I, <laughs> I was part of that, you know. Yeah, like, we've been doing it for a minute, so, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, both <laughs> you guys can just rap for days, so, yeah. but, but yeah. Yeah, you know, he's always, he's always one of my favorites. Yep. I remember one night we were down at Green Door, and he was like double timing in like this English 
accent yes. and just absolutely murdering it. Yep. And I'm like, dude, you are so nasty. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, back at, back at the third Thursdays, uh, I, we would do those cypher sessions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people want to hear, like, the industry beats, you know, stuff that they know, you know, whatever. But the DJ that I am, like, I kind of want to fuck with them a little bit, you oh, know? Yeah. I mean, for me, from an MC perspective, that's the last thing I'm trying to freestyle over is, like, I want to hear new shit. Because, yeah. like, how many times can you rhyme over shook ones and still right. be, like, exactly. innovative? Yeah. And, yep. like, you, like, you just tend to get in those same patterns and all that. So, you like, said it, yeah. yeah. But it was just funny. So, like, I'll play weird. Like, even, even like, Ugly. You remember that one by Bubba Spire? It's yeah. just, like, mad weird, you know, mm -hmm. off-tempo. Or I'll start playing, like, drum and bass shit, which... If you if you think about it, you can just rap halftime too. Yeah, or double right? time. Or or if you're yeah. jet, if you're humble, <laughs> you can rap double time in an English accent. Yeah. You know, and like I don't know, weaving in and out of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man. That's, yeah. No so it was just fun. I I have this like vivid memory of dropping one of those in, and Sin was on stage, and he just looks at me. And just like puts the microphone down, and then humble picked <laughs> yeah. it right, picked that shit right up. That's hilarious. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I don't know. Not everybody's into it, but I, yeah. I can dig. You know, I play all sorts of different styles. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I was uh, going to go back to the lab a little bit. So at oh, a certain yeah, point, so you know, you walk in there, and uh, you know, you're showing kids what's up, and then. How does it come into fruition about, oh, yeah. about you? And, we got tangented. You know, uh, oh, it's what that's what we do in the show. Uh, we just. You know, uh, it's it's like, what's your favorite color? Want to ride bikes? <laughs> you know? no, that's great. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, well, so yeah, I just like was showing, you know, doing my thing, and the kids were asking me questions, and I was giving them answers. And by the time I was walking out the door, ZJ was like, "Do you want a job?" Yeah. And I was like, "Well, I've never really taught anybody before. It had never been something that I had done, you know, mm -hmm. like whether it was coaching a sport, uh, you know, teaching a kid how to play chess, or ch you know, like any of that shit." Like, yeah. and um, so. I said, sure. Like, yeah. why not? I love this a you gotta lot. got to start somewhere. And, and I feel like if I teach it, I'll get better at it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, so, yeah. And we started in that little closet in the back that was like that tiny little hallway. Yeah. And somehow fit three turntable setups back there. Yeah. So it was the initial spot was like 19 Church Street, but all the way in the back. And mm -hmm. then later on, it ended up moving to the front, which then became later on Janky and yep. now part of Swan Doja. Swan, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's had a long history. Yeah. 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 It's, a dope place. it's funny because I've been there all along and, like, you know, obviously a little removed now through it, but just to see, you know, the progression of how, you know, it stayed kind of in the crew, but mm -hmm. just how much more, you know, together and professional and just, you know, the networking and just all that stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. I miss the lab. Uh, you know, there's not a place like that. ZJ, uh, you know, who ran it, he does something similar now out west. Okay. Um, with, like, a kind of similar space and stuff and, and an idea, you know, similar mission statement. Um, but it was funny. Like, I remember when we got all the kids to the end, it had kind of run its course almost. Mm -hmm. All the ki all the students had paid. They'd done the beginner. They'd done the intermediate. They'd done the advanced. They threw the big party and whatever, whatever. And they came back to Zach, and they were like, we want more. And Zach was kind of going... Well, that that was you're it. on your own, right? You know? <laughs> but you know, and so uh, so they still needed more direction, and so that's when he came to me, and I came up with all like the elective courses. You know what I mean? Like, okay. let's get a little bit more specific. Yeah, about because things. you got involved and, with schools at a certain point too, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, and then well, and then once they were done, I branched off and still taught lessons for a long time to people. 
uh, just privately okay. um, and doing stuff. I did grad challenge things for uh, CVU mm -hmm. uh, for a couple kids. Um, and just, I don't know, there's a couple kids now that DJ out that I taught, you know, back when, you know, yeah. not the, you know, they've learned way more than I ever taught them, I'm sure, between now and yeah, then. Yeah, they, they gave them the foundation. But yeah, I mean, I, there's a couple instances in mine. There was one that I, I went out, he played, you remember the Green Room? Yeah. You know, the Swanky Lounge place? Yeah. They used to do open turntables. And he came, one of my first students came down there. And he mixed Flight of the Bumblebee that with some song, some old hip-hop instrumental. And because the Flight of the Bumblebee varies, it like doesn't have a set you know, BPM, okay. he's sitting there mixing it live, like pushing it forward, adjusting it, and all this oh, stuff damn. to keep it on time. That's and like, I'm like some Mr. Dib shit. Yeah, well, and yeah. I come up, I was like, dude, I didn't teach you that. <laughs> you know, like, jeez, you know, what was that? Yeah. Um, and then there's there's been, like, actually a couple of times where uh, kids have come back and they and they have scratches, you know what I mean? They've come up with some little pattern or idea. That You're I'm like, like a proud dad. Yeah, like, yeah. Go, it's buddy. like, there you go, man. You know, it's, yeah, it's almost like, uh, it's like some Japanese master teacher, you know, whatever. Well, because well, you can only show someone so much and then at a certain point they have to kind of become their own artist right, right. well yeah. and and i i always have to be learning right mm -hmm. you know what i mean there's people always have things to teach and even though i've been doing this for 20 years now and put countless hours into it there's still more to learn and gain you know yeah from you know and i still think the best thing to do is to like do it with other you know scratch and like see other people get other yeah, ideas feed you know? off each other yeah if you sit inside your own bubble for too long you know you just start feedback looping yeah you know what i mean and doing the same <laughs> you shit start and... thinking that you invented the wheel type shit <laughs> yeah kind of yeah you know i mean it's good to yeah reach out and just see uh, I'm the kind of person that gets inspiration from people that are like better than me or like doing more than They're me. Different, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, I know like a lot, some people might see that and get like beat up by it, you know, or whatever, or you know, like uh, I can't, I'll never get there kind of thing. Um, but I also just enjoy. I think scratching and turntablism in general is a fully. Um, is what's the word subjective is that the right yeah. word yeah. yeah yeah like you can't tell somebody if it's good or bad mm -hmm. right you know what i mean whatever you do with it is as long fully... as it sounds good well i mean yeah it, even if it sounds like shit i guess if you enjoy it oh yeah you know what i mean um well, well that brings me to another point too where it's like you know the difference in djing because you'll have djing where you're featured and then it's like if you get hired to do let's say a wedding or whatever then you're kind of like catering right mm -hmm. so it's like I mean, I'm sure you've been hired for gigs and stuff oh, yeah. like that. So talk about, you know, kind of, you know, the balance there. So oh, let's yeah. say you're doing a wedding or something, and it's like maybe you're kind of swallowing a little bit of your... Soul. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, or whatever, to the point where it's like, I'm sure you're not hyped to be playing, like, the fucking chicken dance or whatever it is, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, man, that's a good question, Trav. Uh, it was, it's been a long journey, obviously, of, of DJing and doing gigs and, and deciding on, like, what do I want to do with this and why do I do this? Who is it for? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and just like you said, like, when you're doing a wedding, it's, I'm not doing that for me. Sure, I'm getting a paycheck at the end of the day, and it's substantial. In weddings, you make bougie money. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, zero of it is for me. It's mm -hmm. all, 100% of my DJ skill is going towards these other people, yeah. right? It's like for for them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to make sure that they're happy, that they're doing whatever they want. Um, and I know DJing is this thing where you're making people dance, right? And you're like, it's this... Um, 
you're almost like a control over people, right? Yeah. Like you're trying to make them feel an emotion. So you got to know how to read read what your audience is. Right. And, yeah. and I guess that's, I want to be able to have that kind of freedom mm-hmm. when I do a gig. You know what I mean? So when I'm doing like a wedding or somebody else that's got an idea, like say a birthday party even, or mm-hmm. a themed party even, you know what yeah. I mean? And then there's, it just narrows my ability to, uh, to gauge the room, to be able to take the room where I think it wants to go mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure you might think it's really cool to do a 90s themed party and play 90s hip-hop all night long but you know 90 to you know 80 to 90 bpms is what that falls under maybe a hundred some of them mm-hmm. a little bit higher like we can't sit in that range all night long people are going to be bored like they're going to want to go different places than that you know yeah um and so but yeah uh like i don't know I, I did weddings a lot and i've done the theme parties and i've done the birthdays and all that other stuff and i feel like within the past year it's kind of been like, what do I want to do with it? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I still love doing hip-hop shows, like helping hip-hop acts out. Yeah, that was um, cool. You were over at Above the Radar. And oh, yeah. Been yeah. there for quite a few years now at this yep. point. Yeah. And, uh, those dudes always put on a great time. Yeah. But that's like a, a great example. Like there, I don't think, the first day I was there, I didn't play any hip-hop. Yeah. I played all down-tempo, lo-fi um, you know, like that kind of stuff. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is once you have as much experience as you do, you know, it's it's about what you're into, but also reading the vibe, right? Right, yes. So you're like, you know, if people are just kind of hanging, watching people paint and doing this and that, yep. it doesn't have to be if you're there for two days or whatever. Yeah. You have to be blasting, you know, DOS effects in their ear for right. fucking 48 hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like if I get there and as, as much as I want to play some festy trap shit because I'm in that zone and I get there and the sun's setting and there's, you know, 13, 15 people plus the artists, it's like, you know, this isn't the time of the place. Might be a little you know? more RJD2 vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's, let's wind that back a little bit. But then the fun part is, is that without those restrictions or without those barriers or, you know, whatever of people kind of telling you what they think you should do, you can lead people there. You yeah. know what I mean? You can bring them to that space. Yeah. Start, um, start edging them. Right. And that's what I think <laughs> is, is one of the most fun parts about DJing. Um, I saw a stupid online quote the other day that's actually really resonated with me, and it was, a good DJ plays what you want to hear, but a great DJ plays what you didn't know you wanted to hear. Yeah. And that's where I want to be, is in that end of the universe, because... All the times that I go out and play these gigs where I get requested for, like, the same shit that's being played on the radio all day. Yeah, you're like, why am I here? Right. What's the point if you're just going to, you know, the same old shit? Like, didn't you hire me to do me? Yeah, well, that exactly, right? Yeah, and so that's, you know, and recently I've actually had a few people come up into my events where it's been to see me DJ. Yeah. Um, Not to see, like, the rappers performing or whatever. It was to, you know, see me do my thing. Yeah. And that's really cool. It's really, it's, you know, reassuring, you know, to know that, oh, it's not... Something that I just think sounds good, you know. Well, the DJ is the backbone for all you kids out there who think that's just someone pressing the buttons in that's, the background. That's you know, true, without yeah. a DJ, you just yeah. got some fool standing around with microphones. Yeah, so yeah. Don't get that twisted. It's for sure, man. It's like, yeah, you'd be surprised how many times though that a gig will be fully planned, and I'll see all the rappers' names and stuff, and the event coordinator and all that stuff, and I don't see a DJ's name. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's just and, fucking damn shame. Yeah, yeah. Well, and sometimes there isn't one. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, playing off the iPad. Off the iPod or there something. There was a show that came through to Monkey House. They didn't have a DJ. And uh, they thought that they could just, yeah, play their beats off their iPhones. They didn't have anybody in between. There was only three acts. Mm-hmm. So they started at 9. They were done by 10.30. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there was, you know what I mean? Nobody to keep the party going. The, yeah. They weren't going to switch to house music. Well, again, between. that just goes 
back to experience and it's like you know you play yourself a couple yeah. times like that and then you're yeah. gonna realize like oh maybe we need to holler at kanga or you know <laughs> hit up one of the other buddies yeah you know and I, and I come through for that kind of shit you know it's not like i'm in it for the money you know yeah. what I mean? well i was gonna say you're like it seems like you you know you're kind of like the resident dj quote unquote for like a bunch of different groups and a bunch of different you know whatever just outings like you're always someone that people reach out to because you're easy to work with and you know you know you're gonna be professional and you're gonna show up with your equipment and you're gonna bring the flavor right <laughs> yeah. So. yeah yeah i mean i want to try and make everybody sound better you know what i mean like that's my goal and so you know if you come to me prepared knowing what you're gonna do then i feel like i can you know help that along you know yeah. um, i've had mcs at the end of DJing their sets for the very first time being like I've never had my set sound better mm -hmm. because of just the mixing and the transitioning and the way that you, we can interact you're giving and, a shit yeah I'm, yeah I'm up there yeah I'm you know mixing track it's the same thing it happened with conflict actually it was a great one um, that just like after DJing his set one time he was just like I'm gonna call you you know like next time yeah um, and he has you know he's been in touch and that's a really cool person to just you know be able to have that trust in yeah he's a legend I'm happy yeah. he's finally like starting to get his true shine I mean maybe not even fully what he what he deserves but he's been putting in work for a long time that guy's a beast yeah you know, shout out conflict you're a beast <laughs> No doubt. Um, so how can people reach out to you if they want to try to book you for a gig? Or uh, have... They can reach out djkanganade at gmail.com or just, oh, there's my phone blowing up. Oh, that's up. someone Jeez right there. He'll get back could, to you. Yeah, it could be. Just like, <laughs> throw that on silent. Um, yeah, uh, djkanganade at gmail.com or just kanganade at Instagram. Um, you can get at me at either of those. I check okay. all the, like, you know, incoming messages and spams nice. and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah, we'll throw yeah. Uh, some links in the description. Dope. So Hell yeah. Can reach I'm always looking to gobble up gigs, you know what I mean? And, and I travel too, you know, I, uh, I'll, you know, hoof it in, down southern part of the state, you know, if you need and yep. um, and do everything. You know, I'm not doing so much bar stuff recently. Mm -hmm. um, I've been doing like a lot of events, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, more so, shows and whatnot. Yeah, and yeah. that kind of stuff, yep. And uh, there's talks, hopefully, and rumors, whispers of trying to bring back Yo BTV raps. Um, of some kind, uh, and maybe intertwine it with Third Thursdays, yep. um, you know, so that we can have that experience too as well. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of MCs in the state uh, that I think need to get highlighted. And DJs, I would hope, that's one of the things, the new idea for it is basically highlight a DJ, a producer, and an MC, just those three in the night. So it's, you know, yeah. kind of stay, try and stay focused. Yeah. Um, and that's where I'd like it to start, at least, because I feel like there's so much shit going on here, you know, That'd be um, that it would be cool to, you know, include some people, try and get some people from down south, too, and, you know, maybe up in the Northeast Kingdom and, you know, all those different reaches. Yeah, no so. doubt. Are you still... Um open-minded to teaching lessons or oh yeah. yeah heck yeah it's funny because it's gone downhill a lot you know what i mean well i don't want to say that uh i just don't get asked anymore you know nobody yeah. wants to do it it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier with like me uh djing with other groups it's like i dj with them but not for them right yeah. or maybe for them and not with them I know, you know what I mean long gone are the cultural chemistry and self-portrait days you know mm -hmm. what I mean uh, where the you know I was an integral part of the group and I'm always down to build tracks if somebody wants to mm -hmm. reach out and stuff but but lessons uh, I feel like is even even scarce more scarce and uh, I think that's why uh, last year uh, Josh Kerman and I uh, from CSDJ mm -hmm. we got together and put together a 52 video 54 different YouTube videos it's called itching to scratch okay. um, I can get you the links to that too but it's Sweet. a series of videos one for every week of the year where it starts off with baby scratches just you know wiki wiki wikis oh, sick. and 
each week it progressively gets harder and more challenging to the point when you're working. Well, that's why no one's hiring you. They're just going on YouTube and they're yeah. learning from you for free. Bro. Yeah, and that's totally fine. You know, um, so it's funny. itching to scratch. Huh? Yeah, itching, itching to, yeah, it's not, no no funny business with it. It's just itching, T-O, scratch. Right. Um, and it's on YouTube. You can search Church Street DJs. It's a playlist that they have as well. It was featured by DJ Times, oh, um, you know, on their website and stuff before they did their rebranding to whatever, they're called something different now. But, uh, but yeah, um, and it's really cool. It's kind of like if you've ever, my idea was like with a workout program, right? Like mm-hmm. P90X or Insanity, one of those bullshit things yeah. where it's like every week, you know, you're trying to see your gains, right? You're mm-hmm. trying to like see where I started and, and see a goal to where I want to get to. That's a great idea. Um, and so that was kind of the idea is like it, the, you don't touch the CrossFader for the first 17 weeks yep. of that silly program. That's the idea. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I would see all these kids all so the time. So it's just beat matching? No, it's scra- the whole thing is scratching. Oh, okay. There's, there's, there's no beat matching in it. Oh, okay. There's no, the whole, each week is a different scratch. Baby scratch, drags, uh, uh, forwards, ba- uh, reverses, uh, double click flares, single click flares, you know, crabs, uh, chirps, okay. uh, d- uh, darn, uh, you know, chirp flares, like different I can, combos. I can see and, the, the people at home right now trying to yeah. write this all down as fast as they can. Yeah. But yeah, so, so, but I just had seen a lot of people, I guess, they either get stuck in a rut, like myself, I've been, that was part of the idea of doing this, like, and, you know, you can't get inspiration um or or they they plateau they yeah. get to a place where like they don't know what else to go to next so this is holds you accountable to like keep progressing yep yeah. yeah yeah exactly and so like uh the last moves i learned were tug flares and that was uh during the pandemic um and so the one i'm working on now they're called delayed three click flares are what they are called but mm-hmm. it's a it's a different pattern that's gonna make a similar but different noise but you know what i mean it's always something you come back and to work on you know a lot of times you want to just come and jam out and play around and have fun but every now and then you're in that zone of like yeah, you gotta add some tools gotta add some more tools to the no doubt who would you say are some of your biggest like dj influences oh man well of course the one the only dj dog yeah of course i have to start off with that yeah. he's huge influence to me uh, growing up and just everything but um as far as like listening wise uh definitely the beat junkies mm-hmm. uh from san fran um, you know uh, dj babu especially mm-hmm. um and j-rock uh for his mixing and repmatic and melody um uh d styles you know like uh uh the, all those cats uh shortcut as well i got to op- uh, no i didn't i got to play with shortcut uh, just a little bit backstage on a, the Porta Scratch nice. once. But, uh, and uh, DJ Cubert, of course, yeah. I got to open up for him when he came Invisible to... Invisible Scratch Pickles. Yep, Invisible Scratch Pickles when he came to Positive Pie. Um, he was a huge, he's a huge oh, influence. Yeah. Was that, that? yeah, that was a, that was an awesome show. Yeah. Um, he's a, a huge influence because he was uh, one of the first dudes to like really put scratching on the map. You know what I mean? He was featured in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah. He was, like, on uh, that DJ Hero thing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he was featured in, like, a Pepsi ad or some shit. Well, him and Mixmaster Mike were both just so ahead of their time. That's true. Well, they're aliens. Yeah. You know, there's actually (laughs) been, like, a lot of talk. Like, they're extraterrestrials that happen to be here. I remember seeing uh, Mixmaster Mike at Club Toast open... Either he opened for or they opened for him, M.O.P. Yep. Oh, jeez. This is probably like 98, if I'm aging myself here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was sick. Yep. Yeah, he was a super cool dude. I was just too young for Toast. I missed out. I see all those old flyers and I'm like, ah, no. Yeah, Toast was cool. It was funny, though, because the floor in Toast, you know, it's been 72 different things since then. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it still is, but the floor used to shake. So I remember there was one show, it was Hieroglyphics and Living Legends. And I remember uh, 
you know, people were jumping and the tables kept skipping because oh. the floor was just so shitty. It was like a trampoline floor. So yeah. it was like, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. I just remember they were getting so bitter, like. Dude, that's yeah. like if you go to reggae night, Matt with Matt and uh, Demas there or whatever. The yeah, they it's like they've got cinder blocks and cushiony things and like all this other stuff. Yeah, also, like, they perfected it by now. But yeah, yeah shout out Big Dog. Yep. Dude, and Demas, yeah. we're actually uh, looking forward to having Big Dog on an episode too. So he's another up. inspiration, great inspiration. I used to go to L Burners back in the day. Oh, Him yeah. and Chris Silo, yeah, um, they're great in town dudes. I've been doing it even longer than I have, yep. and uh, both of them scratch. L Burners was dope. For those who don't know, it was uh, right above Alibaba's, um, what late '90s, early 2000s yep. record store. Yep. Matt Robinson, DJ Big Dog. Okay. That was like the only place you could find scratch records back yep. in the day. I bought countless records yeah. there. So I needed well because like, I, and then they had hip hop singles too. So I go get a whole bunch of like hip hop singles with instrumentals and shit, and yeah. like a new scratch record or two, you know, with all these different sounds and shit, and then just go home and go nuts. Yeah. And you know, and then I just like bought back in there, and I was always that little kid because you know at that age, I think I was like fourteen or fifteen years old, you know. And, you know, coming up there and finding the place be hazy as fuck. And they're yeah. scrambling, for, you know. <laughs> you know? And I remember one time wanting to use the uh, the record that I bought. I was like, can I finally, like, broach that, that barrier? I was like, can I can I try it out? Like, can I put it on the turntable? And, try it? and they're like, of course, you know. And <laughs> I the, what they had it on was like this, you know. And I was, you know, littler. I hadn't hit that growth spree <laughs> Like I'll never forget that, like That's you know, right. just like barely being able to see over the table and trying to cut to show him, like I can do something, you know. Yeah. But yeah, and like so. yeah, yeah, kid, just keep buying records. Yeah, yeah, yeah get the hell out. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, get your records and go. No, it's dope because Big Dog would have like the little mix CDs too. You know, yep. he, he was getting at the time like still any maybe even tapes was getting like the Tony Touch shit mm. like, to be around. Like he would have some like deep cool uh, DVDs and whatnot. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, El Burners was the shit. Yep. Yep. That's what's up. Hell yeah. So where do you think, uh, where do you think, where do you see yourself going with, you know, with the whole approach to DJing, you know, and, and I guess go at it transcending even like a business side of it. Just like yeah. you're talking about just learning new, after 20 years still learning, you know, new cuts and new yeah. patterns and all that. Like is sky the limit or what? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something I never want to stop doing. You know, I, I got it. Uh, tattooed on my skin this is the symbol for sharp cut you know on a crossfader curve when you turn it all the way over you know that, and that's you know how you get all that that uh nuance and definition with your scratches so it's something i want to do for my whole life you know i never want to stop um and i think and i know this sounds weird but you know i've been doing a lot of shows for other people my whole career mm -hmm. um a lot of pro bono stuff even you know if people need help doing you know a show and they need a dj like i'm always there um, you know, DJing for other rappers or, you know, whatever, maybe whatever. time to start putting yourself on. Well, and headline I, I, yeah, first. maybe not even headlining, but just focus inward a little bit. Like, what do I, why, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit earlier, but like, how, why do I do this? Mm -hmm. You know, who is it for? Um, and ultimately it's, it's the, why I do it is because I love it, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a way that I express myself and, and who it's for is for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it's gotta and, be first. Right. Otherwise what you're putting out there is not going to be good. And so it's, it's nice like, that other people seem to dig it, yeah. you know, and like it. Um, but I think for the future is, is kind of go more, more towards that end of the universe is kind of like, what do, what do I like and think is cool? And if, and kind of throw it at the wall and if it sticks, yeah, cool. Wow, um, wow yourself, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, which is, I think, um, 
I've I've been talking actually with my homie Heilig, um, uh, Heilig Art. Shout out him. Uh, he's gonna probably see some of his art. We here. see you, Nick. <laughs> but uh, but maybe uh, trying to get into like the festi circuit, yeah. um, and uh, you know travel around a little bit. And also some of those pay pretty well too. Once again, it's not about the pay. Yeah. It's not about the money. But it is nice. But well, and what I see though is I see these people at festivals. They're playing music similar that I like. This like high energy, you know, like electronica music that I'm into right now. Um, that's like sometimes, you know, mixed with rappers and stuff and other things. Um, but then I want to put my flavor on it. Like I want to scratch, you know what I mean? I don't think I've seen that ever before. Like, a you know, so big, well, you know what well, you've seen it, whatever, you know what I mean? But I, it's something that I feel like a niche maybe that I might be able to fill, you know, yeah. um, just a more of like a performance art than a DJ. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Make it all, um, all encompassing. Yeah, I think it, it sounds weird, and I don't know if the market's there and anything, but, like, when you go see Qbert, right, you're not really dancing to his shit, you know what I mean? It's a performance. You're kind of watching in yeah. awe, you know? Or you could say, like, when, with Z-Trip and shit, how he would always have, like, the visuals that, yep. would, that would, you know, go hand-in-hand hand with right. it. Yeah, and that, um, actually, this mixer can do the VJing thing, and yeah. that's actually shit I've thought about. Yeah, I um, think the first time that I ever saw him do that, I had seen him... A long, long time ago, but I remember when he played, um, when we did a benefit for A-Dog, he played a higher ground, and he had the whole visual thing going behind it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, damn, that's sick. When I saw uh, Cut Chemist on the Die Cut tour a couple of years ago, um, I think it was like 2016 or 17 there, um, he it was Cut Chemist and Shortcut, and they had a whole visual thing going. Uh, and they redid their old future primitive set oh, too, sick. which was super nasty. You know, they're like open, yeah. close, you know, and back and forth, and um, yeah. Sick. So, but uh, but yeah, so that's that's the goal I think is to do almost more like that, Perf- you know, performance art kind of stuff. You know, where you know, it's uh, it's more of like a show, I guess. You know. Uh, like I guess, like when a rapper plays, sometimes people aren't necessarily like dancing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Especially if but, it's my show, nobody dances to my shit. <laughs> but I guess I want to get to the the place where people don't even have the opportunity to make a request. I yeah. guess would be a really impolite way of putting. Yeah. It, you speak know what I speak mean? on that for a second. So like, <laughs> so how do you feel about? people making requests to DJs and I know the answer but let's just say it for the people at home here <laughs> that's a I hard actually, fuck out of here right yeah. well I had a funny interaction because I try I try and be nice you know what I try and be good yeah and, fuck you it know, it's 2022 back, fuck it let him be triggered back when I was back when I was doing all vinyl because you know like a long time ago that's all it was right I was mm-hmm. like actually highly against carrying crates bro yeah, I used talk, to yeah, talk just, to our boy Big Dog about yeah, it yeah he knows man yeah and bring more records than you'd ever need to an event yeah but uh so it was a good excuse to kind of be like somebody came up and you know made a request and i'd be like don't got it like look in the crate you know what i mean <laughs> like it's some madonna song or i don't know they want to hear uh, uh little wheezy or some you know something off the radio yeah. britney spears or some shit and it's like it's not in there yeah you know what i mean like i in and sometimes like i'll even have i have some funky shit in here you know the stacks are deep yeah. but uh but now with the computer, people come up and they expect that you have everything. Yeah. But I'm hooked up to like the the like internet's worldly database of every and single song. And even song if you are, it's there. like I'm the fucking DJ. Uh, just go go listen. Well <laughs> yeah. and well and two and so that well and that plays more into it is is like 
you know, you could, what are you, what are you trying to go out for? Are you trying to go out and do what you want, you know, listen to what you want to hear? You yeah. know, you can do that in your own home. You can throw your own little house party. Yeah. We used to throw fucking house parties all the they time. They didn't hire a fucking DJ college kid tonight. They right. hired Kanga. So. I used to do college parties all the time, and I fucking loved it. You know what I mean? And I'd try and play all that top 40 bullshit back in the day. But in any case, yeah, I mean, I had somebody come up the other day. This was at an event uh, downtown Burlington, and we'll try and keep names and places for the most part out of it. But they kept making requests um, to the point where, and a few of them I didn't even know, you know, less have. You're like young and, who, little who. Well, and so I'm asking them about genre. I'm asking them about genres, you know, yeah. vibe, you know, whatever kind of thing. And the, this person, I won't even name a gender, but I don't think it needs to be named, came back and started looking through my computer, oh, wow. and like you know, wanting to see the tracks that I had. And at that point, I took off the headphones like, and I, yo. I said, why don't, why don't you DJ? It looks like you really want to do this, so do it. And so she, oops, I they. gave it away. They, <laughs> they tried, put the headphones on and started pressing buttons and stuff's going awry, you know, and things and press the record and it stops. Yep. Well, you're the one up there and not them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um... It's kind of a weird, embarrassing way to do it, but it's yeah. sometimes, I think, the only thing that works. Yeah. But then afterwards, I said, like, the person kept wanting to request, so I didn't really deter them. Oh, <laughs> and uh, But afterwards, I was like, you really should. Like, do it. You know yeah. what I mean? You can get but a matter rib. Matter of fact, you can hire me. Yeah. You, I'll teach you. Or there go, you go. Or go watch Itching a Scratch, at least. Uh, Paris Hilton, <laughs> actually, is not a half-bad DJ. Oh, she got taught by a kid who used to live here. Well, that, I've seen her BJ video, so it can't be, you know. <laughs> if you can BJ, you can <laughs> DJ. <Edit. laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, it's not far off. It's only a couple letters. Yeah, but, one yeah. letter. Yeah. Switch but, the B for the D. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, so, in any case, it, but... She got trained by a, a tractor dude that used to live here in Vermont and has gotten his chops over in Ibiza, Spain. Huh. I'm not going to remember his name right now. Huh. But uh, same thing with Shaq. Shaq's DJing right yep. now. He goes by DJ Diesel. Yeah, Shaq and, does a bunch of parties. Yeah, yeah. and he's doing the, the halfway decent job. I actually heard him scratch the other day. You know he's got to be in it for the love because that dude is not... No. He does not need money. Exactly, dude. I see that guy handing out dollar bills to, like, inner city kids, you know, just for, like, making free throws and stuff. Yeah. You know, trying to big up the community. So he's definitely doing it. Gives the kid a buck. The kid's like, really, a buck, dude? No, yeah. yeah he flips it over. It's a C-no. You know, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, it's like, I, yeah, I actually saw a video of him. Somebody shared it with me. And he was scratching on a controller and stuff. And my buddy asked me, he's like, what would you rate his skills? And I go, honestly, I'd give him a five for, yeah. av like, skills. You know what yeah. I mean? He's average. He's doing okay. But he's using a controller, so he gets minus one point. Yeah. And he was playing LL Cool J's Rock the Bells, and he scratched over LL's lyrics oh, in the verse. No. So he gets oh, minus no. another point. So he All gets right. a solid three for cut right. skills. All right, so that's something we got to touch on here. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about, you know, DJs in general, or, you know, people on the come up and, like, etiquette, right? Yeah, yeah. And, like, there's just, like, especially with live MCs, it's like, you don't cut when when dudes are in the middle of rapping. Like, right. you don't. Like, in, in on the flip side, you don't... I mean, it's one thing if you can do it in the background and you, and you understand that, but mm -hmm. you're not going to, like... You know, kind of talk a little bit about that. About yeah. I mean, it's a it's a really hard uh, uh, kind of, like, uh, like, I don't know, line to, to broach because each person wants to do their own thing and be heard. 
Um, but you have to find the correct spaces and, yeah. the, and the downtimes and the uptimes and whatever. And a lot of that is just knowing your music. And, and the kind of cuts you can do if someone's rapping. Right. And, you know. Well, yeah, and like with what samples you have and stuff. Yes. You know, if you have like a little sample that goes, yo, you know, you're not going to be able to do some really long, wavy cuts with it. Everything's going to be chip, 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 chip. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but it, it really, it's about knowing who you're playing with. I think that's why Humble and I have such a good uh, rapport mm-hmm. together and like Conflict and I, yeah. um, is we we know each other's spaces. We know yeah, where each I've other... I've always been hyped when whenever you've DJed for me, I'm always like, yeah, this dude's just on. Yeah, like, well, uh, actually, it happened with Charlie Maine as well. Uh, on Juneteenth, he had me DJ down at the waterfront with him. And... Uh, he had his record deal person there, the record uh, per executive, per whatever, and mm-hmm. um, he came up to him afterwards and he was like, the DJ, something, you know, whatever, like, that's awesome, you guys have been working together. And Charlie was like, no, <laughs> we haven't been. He just comes down and does he this. He just gets it. And I don't even tell him what to do. Yeah, he just yeah. gets it. He's a vet. Yeah, and so, well, I Well, and that's know. something really refreshing, even like, like I was saying, like for A Dog Day, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go jump on now, and it's like you DJ, and I'm like, all right, word, you know, <laughs> sure, like, yeah, like it's all good, right? <laughs> and, and I guess that's where I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, maybe it's through experience, you know what I mean? I don't know if I've ever was told to not scratch over somebody's lyrics. Yeah, and or I mean, I, but... and I won't say like you won't cut at all over someone's. It's like you're just not gonna be dropping like other vocals and like like you said, like long samples. Yeah, so like you know, it's yeah. like that. It, you, like you said, you know the music and you know kind yeah. of... There's ways get, to, like, accent and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it's the reciprocal relationship between the DJ and the MC, obviously. Right. which is what it know? all used to be, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, well, back in the day, the DJ was the party and the MC right. was just, you know, the one who bigged up the DJ. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what, yeah. you know, a lot of you new kids don't even know. Go do some... Go go back and do some history. Like, the, you know, it revolved around the DJ. Your MC is not... The headliner. Yeah, yeah, the MC yeah. is literally there to just be like, go Kanga, go Kanga, you know, and big him up, you know. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, it's it's transitioned a bit, but don't get it twisted. Without a DJ, you look silly. You're just up there. That's how, uh, that's how <laughs> Self-Portrait started, actually. It was Eric Rico, mm-hmm. uh, the producer, and uh, 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 Trono, whatever, the main rapper. There. Rico rapped as well. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. yeah. They had their first ever show, so they had been working together, doing some stuff. And their first show, they were like, we can't go without a DJ. Mm-hmm. Like, not only do we not want to play our beats off an iPod, but we don't want to, you know, come like these whack, you know, herbs. We, yeah. want, to, we want to come correct. So they called me. Actually, it was High Leg, speak of, again, who got us in connection. And I think it was at Finnegan's? Was that? And we were opening up for like a metal band or some Sick. shit. No joke. I fucked up. Like Vaporizer, one of the, or Savage Hen, like one of those. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, re- I actually remember exactly what you're talking about. I think it was Vaporizer. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, we went and did the show, and I think we practiced maybe once before, and uh, and afterwards they were like, "You're our DJ. Like, this is <laughs> this isn't a duo. This is a trio." Like, yeah. You know, and so that, and then it went off from there. And we had those two albums and um, a couple different singles and stuff, and opened up for mad different people and had you know met a ton of shows that we did. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah. That, yeah, I still see Joe once in a while. I see him too. He's still in the scene, and Rico too. Yeah. He's still doing Mad production and stuff. Yeah. So, um, those cats are still at it. But yeah, and I don't know. Self portrait, maybe someday. You know, same thing with Cultural Chemistry. That was even more moving pieces. That was six people. Yeah. Um, and just you get that many moving parts, it's hard to keep. Yeah, it's tough together. too. As you know, you get older and people get families and careers yep. and everything. It's like you know trying to coordinate. You know even just like you said, your own free time, then yeah. is that going to coincide with other, you know, six other people's free time to do everything from practicing to lying it yep. up? Yep. 
Yeah, um, we used to practice in my living room, like every Tuesday night, cultural chemistry did. Me, Zach, Warren, Scott, uh, <laughs> who else was there? Uh, 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 Jamie and Lyric yep. and myself. Yep. Yeah. So, you know. Shout out Lyric, geez, Jamie, yeah. Yeah, all, Jamie Bright. Yeah. All them. Yeah, all those cats. Dude. Oh, well, yeah, that was. I mean, we got dubbed in seven days as the super group, you yeah. know, the Burlington, and that felt really yeah, cool. Yeah, that was. You know? um, I mean, we, the cultural chemistry opened up for Big Boy yeah. at Higher Ground, um, you know, and uh, Cutmaster Swift was his DJ and shit, Sick. and then we got to meet them backstage and everything and talk, and they big us up. Uh, Wait, sleep- is, is that Rod Swift? No, Rod Cut, Swift? no, Cutmaster no. Swift is different. Oh, He's okay. actually even more OG than okay. uh, than Rob. He's even before that. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I've gotten to meet Rob Swift a couple times too. And, yeah, and, executioners. Yeah, DJ yeah. with him a couple times, and uh, at Positive Pie with uh, little Don P, uh, Carlo's son, the owner's oh, son. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did P. a we did a down the line thing. Oh yeah, um, yep. I was actually there for that one too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Don scratched for a second. I like how you're dropping all these things I was at. It makes <laughs> me seem like a man of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course you are, man. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, that little uh, homie's little son there. He must have been what, like ten or yeah, he, he was real little. He was yeah, scratching it. Though. Yeah, he was coming up, dude. He was making moves with that with with turntablism and DJing. Was that shit kid still and, doing it? I don't really think it's his main focus. I right always now. wondered once he hit puberty if he would stick with it because you never know. You know, you see these kids that are little, you know, have potential to be prodigies, and it's like, you yeah, know, it's a tough thing. Get like, into girls, and <laughs> isn't that what ends it all for all of us? But uh, I talked to Carlo a little bit about it, and I think it's just you know between uh, different interests and growing up, and I, I think too like when your parents ask you to do something, no matter what it is or how cool you gotta it is, you got to be super about it if you're gonna stick with it, right? For sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was like with me with martial arts and everything. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, at a certain point, it's like, am I doing this for me or when they're telling you to do it? Right. And yeah, and it's like, uh, that was like me in sports. I remember my mom wanted me to try out for JV basketball and I was all done playing basketball. You know what I mean? Um, I would rather skate like in the winter inside, you know what I mean? Like in a, uh, you know, or go snowboarding on the mountain or, you know, whatever. And so I, I totally bumped the, the JV trying. Oh, you just purposely blew it. Yeah. Because awesome. <laughs> I didn't want to play. Mom was like, why do you suck so bad today? But, like, yeah. I don't know. Off day. The coach is like, we don't have a place for you on the team. I'm like, thanks for the place. You know? <laughs> yes. But, I mean, oh, but, damn. <laughs> but, uh, but scratching, DJing was never that. You know what I mean? Nobody ever told me to do it. Nobody yeah. ever was like you should get better at it even you know what i mean you suck or whatever it was uh this thing that was i don't know that i think i've worked on it at least a little bit enough you know because i wanted to be good at it and like progress that by the time i like worked for like two three years i want to say because i wasn't the most popular kid in high school mm-hmm. and so before anybody had heard me i'd already put in all these bedroom hours you yeah. know what i mean um, well that's the way to do it too it's like people want to be validated so bad these days and it's like no put in the time with whatever it is put in the time and, yeah. and, and then put yourself out there because you mm-hmm. never get a second chance to make a first impression yeah that's the other thing and it's not and it's not to deter people from putting themselves out there but it's like hone your craft you know yeah. it's like hone it a little bit at least before you start putting yourself out there connect with some other people you know yeah have them bring you up it's a hard thing because you get excited you know and i'm sure like you know you listen to yourself and think you're sounding good and stuff and and it is good to push you know and and know that but i don't know man it's a double-edged sword kind of thing because when i was young there was no instagram there was no youtube there was no facebook Mm -hmm. so there was no like the only people i was seeing were professionals shit there was none of that when i was old (laughs) but you know what i mean but like so the only people i was catching were they weren't people that i could really relate to these people were already successful they had already made it you know so they were people to aspire to 
And what you get now, I feel like, is a lot of people see Instagram, they see Facebook, they see people that are maybe they think are on their same level but are getting more success, whatever reason it may be. Mm -hmm. And that can be discouraging to some people, you know what I mean? Or they'll see somebody else's gains, like where they're going, you know, where they've gone in a short amount of time, and they'll get discouraged because they haven't made those same gains, you know? Um, Like in the past year or so, you've seen I've gotten into Bali song flipping, right? Mm -hmm. That silly thing. It's just a fidget thing, really, is what it is. And I've noticed, because I follow videos and shit like that, and Mm -hmm. I'll see people that have been doing it the same amount of time that I have, and they're fucking bonkers, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, you gotta realize, too, that everybody progresses at different rates and at different times and all that. Well, and it's not my main hobby, you know, and right, different times, all that that shit. But all I'm saying is... Right, but all I'm saying is some days, some days I feel down about that. Some days I'm like, you know, other days I'm like, whoa, I want to try that, you know? But when I came up doing this turntablism thing, none of that shit existed. Mm -hmm. There was nobody to tell me yay or nay, good or bad. There was only what I wanted to do with it, you know? Um, And there was zero expectation of, like, what good was. Well, because you you should start doing something like DJing or whatever, skateboarding or any of that for yourself because it makes you happy, not because what you think is going to come of it. And that's, like, where this huge misconception, I think these kids these days are kind of misled with all, you know, the the Instagrams and all, all the new stuff. It's like, they just think that, oh, I just started this, now that's going to make me a professional skater. And it's like, A, probably not, okay? And right. B, don't be into it for that, you right. know? Now, if, if you have it and you work hard enough, sure, that could happen, but you should be doing this, especially when you're young, because you enjoy it. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah. And, yeah, DJing is like you see a lot of people get into it to make money. Same thing with rapping. You know what I mean? Like, and sure, they might like to rap and stuff, but they're seeing it as an avenue that they can make money at it, you know, they, and that's how they can be successful. Yeah, I, and, couldn't, re- I couldn't relate less because right. I want nothing to do with that path of it. Right. Exactly, <laughs> right. And, you know, those are like the top hat, like, you know, I, I shouldn't drop those kind of names, but, you know, but, yeah. uh, the, the, the businesses that are just going and, you know, trying to make money off of it. And, the, and I don't even want to say it's the business sometimes, it's like the people that do it, if mm-hmm. I'm going to be wholly honest about it. And it's like this thing where it's like pilfering the art. You know what I mean? There's this yeah. thing that people put a lot of time and energy into to perfect. And, and there's nothing wrong with making money from your passion. But again, to reiterate, it's yeah. like know what you're into it for. Right. And like don't fake the funk on that. Like, yeah. like that's what you're in it for. Now, obviously, if you're playing top 40 shit and you're doing... High school dances, which I've DJed my fair share of Me high too. school dances, no, don't you know? Um, but you know, I also never consider myself a DJ because that's why I was doing it for that little right. check. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's you know, and really, if you get a kick out of doing high school dances and and I don't know all that that, I mean, I that mean, kind this of was stuff, twenty years ago, but yeah, <laughs> go for it. You know, do yeah. it. You know, own that shit and love it. But that certainly wasn't for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and. Uh, to me, I guess, uh, and I guess that's why I don't call myself a DJ, right? Uh, uh, Mike Plant, Franz Plant, uh, he's another dude that he dropped the DJ from the first part of his name because yeah. he wanted to be more than just somebody who plays music. He's a creative artist, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's why I go by Kanganade or just Kanga so many times. Is mm-hmm. uh, I, I and I, I don't want to like take it from Babu, but like Babu the turntablist, you know, like J. Ru the damager or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it was his little moniker that he came up with, but we all latched on. I was like, shit, I want to be on the turntablist. You know what I mean? That that gives me some sort of idea, like direction of what I'm doing with this. You know? Yeah, and someone um, like Plant too. Like shout out Transplant. That's that's a good homie. 
it's like he literally is doing more than DJing with all the different samples of everything from like cultural to political and all yep. that too. It's like he's not just sitting there, you know, I don't even know how to necessarily sum up what he does when he plays, but right. you know what I'm saying. He's, right. there's, it's multifaceted. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's, it's multimedia. Yeah, he's got yeah. turntables and CDJs and yeah. And so that's, I guess that's how I feel about it is maybe there's like, I don't want to make a distinction, but you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it, what we do is different. You know what I mean? Going out and playing songs to get a check at the end of the day and make everybody happy is different than expressing yourself through this, these, these musical pieces of musical equipment, you know? Facts. Um, so. I'm going to hit the pisser right yep. if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the iHomie was so dope. Like, all recorded on the phone and shit. It was super cool. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to talk about next, was uh, I wanted to thank you for coming through for iHomie. Oh, dude, uh, of course. So hyped to have you be a part of it. Dude, that was such a fun event. Yeah, and uh, iHomie is still available. Um, it's free on YouTube, or if you want to go to Golden Hour VT, um, you can pay three ninety nine and get the HD um, digital download. Support Sean and I, four bucks, so you know. Whatever you spend on one PBR at the bar, it mm -hmm. comes with uh, four, I believe, digital posters as well um so check that but yeah so you came through at uh the t-rex theater for yeah i help me yep. actual official release party um that was sick dude that was mad fun dude yeah i, I uh i hadn't seen you know what the last one you did was good things come to those who skate right yep. and that was a minute ago yep 2010 um, but yeah i think it was cool that the uh, uh, the iHomie was the first time I've gotten to be a part of it, you know, oh, so before then yeah, I don't think crazy. we were, like, as in a good a connection. So. Yeah, I mean, it may have been that, and also just, you know, when you're doing an event, it's like, how many people can you get, you know, yeah. for certain things? So oh, yeah. it's like, you know, I've always tried to kind of keep the balance, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember the, uh, not piece of time, family but tree. Family Tree, yeah, dropped, and it was, you guys did it, like, down off Flint Ave, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I can remember the space. Well, so that one was crazy, because we had, um, you know, 208 Flint Ave, we had, you know, this big, big warehouse, huge party, and it was supposed to start at, I don't know, 8 o'clock or something, and at 7 o'clock, we had 750 people there, and unbeknownst to us they had a fire limit of like 400 or something Jeez. so now it's like 745 and we're about to play the video and the fire department's there the cops are trying to shut us down and I just locked the doors and locked them out and went and pressed play ah. and you know I, so I guess it was the cops at first and I was like no you're not coming in and I press play, and then the fire department comes, and they can do whatever they want. You <laughs> they're going to the chop the door down. Yeah, the fire, the fire department shows up. If they want to come in, they're coming in. So I think we got about halfway through, and, um, yeah, we ended up moving it over to Kenan's studio because, you know, we had all these kegs. We had Switchback yep. as a sponsor and, yep. you know, all this stuff lined up. Um, we ended up doing another one, uh, another release party um, at Higher Ground, I think it was, but, but yeah. And I know you said it was 2010 was my last one. Now, to my defense, I wasn't slacking this whole time. I had kids. Um, and also, I was filming for other videos. I just yeah. wasn't making my own. I wasn't putting yeah. you on the spot. No, no, no. no. It's all good. It, was, it was me looking forward to it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I wanted to. I needed that. You know, uh, like with Kyle Burroughs uh, bringing back, like, the B-side stuff recently. Yeah. Um, and, like, filming on, like, old tapes and stuff and everything, too. Like, given that old school vibe is kind of dope, you yeah. know? Um, it's it's a thing that I it's like nostalgia for us, but to the younger generation, it's new, you know. True. <laughs> so for me, that's kind of where the whole premise of 
doing iHomey the way it was, we not to get too into it, but the reason why I chose to shoot all on phones was because now I know kids these days, I want to show them, like, you have the tools in your pocket. Like, you can make yeah. a video. You got a phone, you got homies, you can make a video, you Boom. know? So, yeah, that was sweet that you came through. And uh, also shout out to Plant and uh, Sin and Humble, Forlo, John Forrest Gray, yep. everyone who oh, played yeah, there. Man, yeah. So that was sweet, yeah. And that's such a cool space, too. Like, you know, so I bartend over there yes. now as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing more events yeah. there. Oh, yeah, we got some events in the pipeline. I don't know if I'm allowed to yeah. tell what they are yet, but just know that I'll be back there soon. All right. Hell, yeah. <laughs> that's what's up. So, yeah, that was so cool for you to come through. And uh, it was cool. Like, my dad was there, and he hadn't seen any of my friends, like, perform in a while, and he was just, like, so into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's cool. Yeah, you get that. I, I have uh, had my folks come through to a couple events recently, and, um, man, I, it was one, it was at the uh, Above the Radar, the most recent one at, at BBCO. Yeah. And they came around the corner, and I was playing some Run the Jewels song. That, you know, something, it was the one about the poodle, you know, uh, put the poodle up that fucking lady, oh, you know. maybe, I, I know the that all their that stuff gets pretty heavy. And there's my parents like, mm, you know, like, I don't know, because they're never, they weren't ever into rap stuff, especially. Yeah. And but, Run the Jewels is like, you know, you're going zero to 100. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you're getting hit full face in the, you're full force in the face. Yeah. But, um, but I just thought it was funny, you know what I mean? But I, once again, like we were talking about, like, that's me you know and they know that that's the music that i play like even yeah. if they're kind of like you know and they only stayed for like a hot second and then they left yeah. but they, they missed when you dropped the uh miles davis or the uh yeah you know, or some like air or you know i played like a lot of moon safari i think earlier that day and like um uh, like cruder and dorfmeister and theory corporation and like yeah i, I play all that loungy stuff i True. love it well it was but. funny because at one point um What's homie's name again that owns the Jambulance? Oh, uh, uh, Steve. Yeah, Steve. Shout out, Steve. I was like, yo, I'm going to jump up right quick and uh, grab the mic for a sec. He's like, oh, yeah, definitely go rap. And I was like, just looked at him, went up, and I just wanted to, like, get everyone to make some noise for you and, like, oh. big up the crowd and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, make, you know, live up, big up DJ Kanga. Yeah, yeah. Like, everyone made some noise, and I just put the mic down and got off. He's like, what? You aren't going to rap? I was like, I don't need to. He's Kanga's got this. He's, Thanks, cru man. he's absolutely crushing it. Thanks, and it's man, like, yeah. that kind of goes back to, you know, what we were saying prior to it. It's like, you know, the DJ is the backbone. And it's like, sure, there's times that rap's appropriate or people, MCs or whatever. But, you know, DJ's just crushing, bro. Just let the yeah. DJ do his thing. I mean, I guess, uh, like, a lot of MCs probably consider me, like, in their back pocket. Like, I've got a handful of MCs in my back pocket, you know? Yep. So, like, if there's a event that I'm invited to to go oh, yeah. DJ at that I think MCs would fit well at, yeah, you, you know, it's just, you yeah. know, open up that little book and take a look. Yep. Um, most recently, I did a, a thing with the ADOG Foundation. Um, and they, it's called uh, Building Beats. And they bring kids up from the city, uh, and we teach them turntablism, and they stay down at the Rock Point School. Sweet. Um, and uh, bring them around. Uh, uh, we take them record shopping and shit, you know, pick out dollar singles, and then they build a beat out of it. And, That's awesome. One, um, of the, one of the many cool things that Friends for A-Dog Foundation is cool doing. Things, Definitely check out Friends for A-Dog. Yeah. Um, anyone who definitely sign already. up to be a donor too if you think that's something you're up for I yeah it's a crazy experience or whatever thing to do yeah so talk that. a little bit about that just you know that whole 
being a part of that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I just being a part of the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, like there's, you know, because A-Dog was a, a big inspiration to me and I've done the A-Dog day, you know, uh, for a couple of years now. Uh, well, I think every year except for one. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, and working with doing the school thing is kind of like the teaching thing, but we're also trying to bring in... Um, I don't know, like rap, you know, we had Humble come in and Mavstar come in and talk and we had um, uh, David Chief come in and do uh, like a, you know, beat set producer thing and show him how to like work equipment and stuff. Um, and I think that the last year, the time before we had Sky Splitter come in, um, and he was just unavailable this time. But that's, yeah. that's just so dope for these kids, like, yeah. you know, to, you know, we didn't have anything like that. Right, you know, yeah. So. I think one of the coolest aspects really is like what I, what my expected which this is like huge check to your expectations you know and don't ever like think what you know or you don't ever know what's going to happen but i imagine all these inner city kids are going to come up and be like you know who the fuck's this white honky trying to teach me what you know we came up with basically you know or like it started from where i'm from they weren't like that at all yeah they just sat and listened and like really took everything well, in. well real recognize real like, and, and also it's like when you're a 20 plus year vet you know yeah you, you, you can't argue with with facts, you know. It's I like so. you know, it's like yeah. you're up there I'm, crushing. They're gonna want to sponge it up. Yeah, right? I mean, and I just like you know, I guess because where I'm coming from is like I started DJing in high school. I went to a parochial, you know, Catholic high school that was mostly Caucasian white folk people that were pretty sheltered, honestly, you know, in, mm -hmm. in their experiences and their culture exposure. And I remember when I first started DJing and being in the lunch line and somebody was like, so I heard you're, you're DJing, you know, and I think I had done a dance, my first dance recently. Mm -hmm. And um, they go, why, why are you doing that? You're not black. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I just remember being like, what? Like, my favorite DJ is Filipino. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, Q-Bird at the I time. Mean, I mean, like, I started rapping in like 95, 96, so I can definitely relate to all that. Yeah, yeah. it was like a weird thing because it had nothing to do even with like rap or hip-hop. It was just scratching and DJing, yeah. you know what I mean? It encompassed well, so well, much Well, and stuff. nowadays I think, I'd like to think that people have kind of realized that's not what it's about. And it's like, you know, anything that starts in, with one, you know... Um, ethnicity or whatever really in any genre or whatever it's like the times move you know right. and so yeah you yeah, know. yeah and it is what we make it you know uh putting a label on hip-hop is something that i've always been really really against yeah um like you know that for a long time like i was you know only vinyl and like strictly like a four elements kind of thing you know and whatever and as i've gotten older i've realized like you know like i'm not one who am i to say what is hip-hop and what's not hip -hop? doesn't need to be put in a box you know what i mean right if somebody wants to call themselves hip-hop they can do that I, I might have a differing opinion on whether that not i think it's hip-hop and that's fine and that's fine but they if they want to do that that's you know more power to them mm -hmm. but i remember when we had uh carnage the executioner come and play and I'm sitting there at the monkey, at yeah. the monkey. Yeah. and uh, if you haven't if you haven't seen him, which I know you have, but like to the viewer, like the guy is like beatboxing. He's got all these pedals. He's rapping and oh, stuff. He's a he's, beast. He's making loops and stuff, and noises and scratches and stuff. And I'm sitting there, slack jawed, you know, in the middle of the crowd, looking at SK Scotty Raymond next to me, going. I thought I was hip hop. <laughs> I thought you were hip hop, and you are. But this is different. That's <laughs> fucking hip hop. I yeah, was like, the first time I heard Carnage shit. was actually on Ideas album. Yep. And, uh, the first time I met him, yeah, was at actually the only time I met him was yeah at that third Thursday. Yeah, yeah, that was sweet. But it's just cool when you see 
hip hop, your idea of hip hop reflected in somebody else, yeah. you know, and like that guy has put just as much time and effort pushing in, boundaries in doing, doing right different, and yeah. doing different shit, whatever he thinks he wants to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's really awesome to see that, you know what I mean? Uh, I feel like there's so much that goes on today where people are trying to impress other people, um, whether it's because of social media or because they want to be popular. But like the, the thing came up a while ago in one of those uh, Vermont hip hop forums, there was a group that was getting chastised because they were rapping over their own lyrics. Yeah. Which the old school heads like you and me is like, it's a why we don't even have to talk about this, yeah. right? It's a yeah. huge thing. We don't do that. No. But the people that were being told not to rap over their own lyrics were saying, all the people we listen to, do it. All the big yeah. shows we go to, do it. And it's like, yo, this is like the lemming mentality. And I know that's like yeah. a, a not real thing, but like those lemmings were forced off that that fucking cliff, right? Yeah, and they now all I followed mean, them. Like I mean, you're going to keep following the forced lemmings for, off the for cliff? For me personally, I will say like I'm never rapping over my own lyrics. Like I'm, I'm just not. But I like I don't care if someone else wants to. Whatever. You, like, you so here's here's where I'll get like I'll I'll play devil's advocate, I guess. And it, it's one thing if you want to do a listening party, right? Conflict yeah. did a listening party, right? When he came out with Back to Basics, we all just went listen to him play the album. Yeah, you know? but he wasn't rapping over it. Right, he wasn't rapping. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was a listening party. Yeah. You know? Um, and so there was these guys at one of these past events I did recently, and they told me before they go on, they go, play it as loud as you possibly can. And I'm like, well, okay, we're in a pretty small venue. Like, in the sound, I know the sound will blare people's ears out. It's yeah. going to be too loud. Whatever. So I play it, and it's their lyrics on the tape, on the whatever, the track, sounded good because it's auto-tuned, right? Yeah. And it's been highly produced and mastered and mixed. They sounded like shit. If, especially if you're not that strong and you don't have your timing really all that. And that's the, that's the whole caveat too, right, is that... If you're rapping over your stuff, but it's you're not even synced with it, then you're gonna hear those flaws. Oh yeah, there's just all, there's there's a plethora of, of examples that so, I can give you as to why that's yeah. a no no. So one. right, so that's you know it's not even coming from like it's like not a good performance or whatever. It's like yo, it sounds like shit yeah. a lot of times yeah. unless you're real good. Yeah. Like and and I guess that speaks to the artist though. Like yeah. you know uh, the shit you're doing in the booth in the studio doesn't sound like anything you're doing live. Yeah. And I know that there's studio rappers and there's live rappers, just like there's studio DJs and live. D you know, it's yeah. all different. But you well, know. Well, you know what I would say to that. I think, I think if you're not at a point where your live show can be done officially without that, you need to practice your live show more. Yeah, I mean, that's what, uh, when Zach Crawford and I got together and did that triage track mm -hmm. um, uh, for his uh, 2019 or XX, whatever, yeah. 1X, um, the idea of that was I came to him and I was like, I'd like a track that's short with some build-up and breakdowns that I can make a scratch track to, but I'm going to make it so, like, because a lot of scratch tracks are made with different samples from different records, a lot of them are, like, different layers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, the tracks come in when one ends and vice versa. It can't, it can't be performed live. But I said to Zach, I was like, the idea is to perform a live scratch track okay. with you performing the MPC track live. Right. You know what I mean? So that just takes work, right? And it just took time and practice. Yeah. And that's what that video, the triage video, if you just search like Sky Splitter triage or even Kanganade triage, it'll pop right up on YouTube. Yeah. But it was filmed by Church Street DJs and it's in the alleyway of Nectar's and over at uh, Democracy Park or whatever and up on top of Yeah, it. you're sitting there, you got the... Yeah, and, and Zach's sitting lap, there yeah. doing this and I'm on the porta, you know, doing this and whatever. And, and that was the idea, though, was like, 
this track that was recorded in the studio could be performed live yeah. just like that like even on a freaking street corner true you and, know and what, what i'll mean? say too is there are some tracks that it, it's fine if they are just studio tracks but some tracks aren't meant to be done live right. i think yeah, I, yeah. I really think that. and i'm all for like high production like uh, a lot of the sin tracks i have a lot of the lyric tracks that i have that i've done with like like even when i dj out for those guys they have those like accents you know like one of their words of like last one of their hooks or lines you know is like is comes through on the beat you know mm -hmm. what i mean yeah um and it just either helps them take a breath or you know whatever it is and so yeah, see that's a little different that's just those are little cues that, right that's all good that's not having your whole track play right yeah yeah, yeah. and so i don't know uh i mean it, it got said recently about i think lil pump who's coming to uh, to higher ground on Halloween, huh. and they said, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna. Uh, that's a nice forty-five dollars to spend to watch somebody jump around on stage while they play their SoundCloud." Yeah. And but the funny thing is, is that I guarantee it's gonna sell out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, case in point, when Cultural Chemistry opened up for uh, Waka Flocka Flame, he did that same thing. Yeah. Two sold out shows back to back, night after night. Crazy. Yep. And all he did was jump around on stage while his music played. He didn't even have a microphone, I think, at some oh, point. That's crazy. And so that's and so that's where I guess I have a hard time because somebody calling that hip hop, that's when I start to get a little defensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like you know <laughs> Yeah. And I mean for me it's like I'm not the end all see all, you know, so it's like people can be into whatever they want, but you know, we're also entitled to our opinions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the main thing is like an interaction. That's what I see it as. You know, yeah. if you really want to get back to its roots. It was like the DJ was playing music. The MC was saying things on the microphone. The uh, breakers were out there dancing, and the graffiti writers were doing art. You know what and I the mean? Skateboarders were in, the and the skaters end. were all there, right? <laughs> and, the, and well, and just even the people, you know, there at the party, yeah, you know, were there for the whole experience. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, it wasn't like like going back to the requesting songs. Like those people are there for their own experience. Yeah. They're not there for the group experience no doubt you know what i mean well i'm glad you mentioned uh sky splitter shout out zach uh we actually have an episode with him coming up should be out in a couple weeks and uh we also have uh sk scotty raymond and capes Ooh. from the anthill Ant Hill. which will be live from the above the radar with all the finished graph that oh, one's man. gonna get filmed next week dope um, we got DJ Transplant coming up here soon. We got some bangers on the Vermont Entrepreneur series. So awesome. hyped that you came through for episode two. Sweet. Uh, if there's anyone you want to give shout outs to, uh, anyone else that needs to be oh, included. Man, right. Just shout out to my fam, my beautiful wife, and my lovely son that gave me the time and space to come in here and do this. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. probably like the number one. Yep. Um, shout out to all the people that keep you know booking me and having me come do the shows. It's mad fun to you know help out and, and be there and be part of the scene. Um, you know, as much as I want to break out and do like electronic music and, and festy kind of shit, you know, my backbone's always in hip hop. Um, so, you know, you can always count on me if you need a show, like, you know, get at me, even if it's a day before, uh, there's plenty of people that have done it in less time. Mm -hmm. So, and I've been able to come through for them. So, uh, but hell yeah, man. Um, yeah. And I appreciate you and, and everything that you've done for our scene and everything. And yeah, man. I mean, we feed off each other, you know? Yeah, and we're yeah. so blessed here in this community because it's like six degrees of separation is really one, yep. you know? Yeah, yeah. It really is. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, good to see you, man, and good to hang out. And, yeah. uh, I don't know, hopefully we can get on the boards here sometime soon. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Um, for people who haven't, please go hit the subscribe button because we need that so we can one day maybe make a couple of dollars off this. It's not what it's about. Um, we're doing it for ourselves. But uh, we appreciate all the support. 
everyone who's came through so far. And uh, this has been Vermontrepreneurs Episode 2 with a one-of-a-kind guest, Mr. Kanganade. And we out. Peace. Peace.